0: Welcome to episode 18 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by Up. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Owen, great to see you tonight. You got some new swag featured in this episode. How you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Yes, I do have the new Futures League polos. I'm really excited about
1: that. And I'm really excited for you all to hear this episode with Buddy Dwayne.
0: Yeah, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year in the Futures League, current member of the Brockton Rocks, joins us. And, Owen, you saw some great baseball this weekend. Walk us through what you saw. I
1: did. So, Friday night, let's talk about the Worcester Bravehearts for a minute. Cole Chudoba set the single-game Futures League strikeout record with 15. Unbelievable performance by him. And the next night in New Britain, which I attended, Danny Torres hits a single in the top of the ninth to give the Bravehearts a 4-3 win unbelievable weekend for the Bravehearts.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And it was your first time in New Britain. How'd you enjoy that stadium? I loved it. They do a
1: very, very good job over there, and that's quite the stadium.
0: Yeah, it is. I was over there Friday night. I saw the Bees win a 1-0 game against Brockton in extra innings. There were 3 putouts at the plates that New Britain recorded. It was an awesome game. Andrew Kane stayed hot. He walked it off in the 10th. And then today, Sunday afternoon, game one of the doubleheader, New Britain wins in a home run derby that goes three rounds against Westfield. That had to be one of the deepest that one of those ever went. It was a great weekend in baseball, and we have an awesome interview, as we mentioned, with Buddy Dwayne. So without further ado, let's get on into that. Here is Buddy Dwayne. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was named the 2019 Futures League Defensive Player of the Year. He was also first team All-FCBL in 2019 and he was a Futures League All-Star last summer. It is Buddy Dwayne of the Brockton Rocks. Buddy, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, it's great talking to you, our uh, second Brockton player in addition to Andy Terrio. So once again, welcome. Thank you. To get right into it, how have you felt about your play so far this season as we're about two or three weeks in? Um, so far, I mean, as a team... Uh we we kind of
2: putting up a lot of runs or, or we're giving up a lot of runs. So we got to find that happy medium where we're uh, bringing good at-bats to the plate every single day um, and kind of throwing strikes every day. But personally, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Uh, a little shaky in the beginning. I uh, hadn't seen uh, live at-bats. I mean, I've seen live, like, sandlot games, but it's a little different when you're under the lights. So I started a little slow, but I'm, I'm getting my feet wet and I'm feeling a lot better at the plate. I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, finish off the season strong, though. So let's
1: talk about your offense for a minute, your Brockton Rocks offense, that
2: is. Last weekend, you guys had
1: 50 runs in a four-day span. How did you guys manage to put up that many runs, and how do you keep that offense rolling going forward?
2: Well, I think the secret about a lot of those runs was uh, Coach Getty took BP in uh, some of our guys' gear, um, and ever since we touched their gear, I think, they, I think they went like 17 for 20 last week together. Um, that's uh, Joe Bramante. And uh, Andy Mara, they went off last week. They they kind of carried us on the offensive end, Um, but I mean, part of it is just having the first person of the game have a good at bat, um, because good at bats just get contagious. You know, the more pitches you see, you know what the guys got. Um, So I think we got to work a little deeper into counts. I think that's what we're doing well recently, and I think we should keep that going. Other than that, just consistency. We just have to keep bringing consistency with our bats and. Like I said earlier, it gets contagious, and we just got to keep that contagious energy.
0: So do you think it's going to be Getty taking BP in equipment every once in a while, or it's just that one time was good enough to keep momentum rolling?
2: I think he's going to have to take BP at least once a week um, because we slowed down last game. Not many hits from us. So uh, hopefully he can get in the cage today. I'm trying to let him wear my batting gloves, hopefully.
0: Yeah, well, it's a quick turnaround for you guys um, coming off a loss against New Britain. So we're chatting on Friday afternoon. Once again, you guys are in New Britain Stadium tonight taking on the Bees. And then another follow-up question. You mentioned getting off to a good start, starting at the top of the lineup. Talk about uh, Joel Lara and what it means to have a guy that has that much speed on the bases and someone who provides just a, a good catalyst and a good guy to get things rolling up top.
2: Having Joel at the top of the order is awesome. Uh, like you said, his speed is unmatched not many kids can run like that not only in this league but in the whole entire country um that's just that's something that everybody sees when you go into the park and it's a really great tool to have as a baseball player and he's very good as a leadoff guy he he's he's not too quick to swing the bat he he can take pitches he gets deep in the counts um so he helps the guys behind him a lot and uh you know once he's on first base he's probably on second or third with his speed so Having somebody like that at the top of the order is great for any team. I'm sure
0: every team in the league would love to have that at the top of their order. And you touched on it. It's been kind of polar opposites for you guys. You guys are either blowing teams out or sometimes the bats don't come to life. And you guys started off with a little bit of a rough patch, but you've rebounded. You've been on a little bit of a winning streak. There was a time where you won five straight. Uh, What fueled that turnaround and what has the message been from Coach Andy Terrio recently?
2: Probably a lot of us just playing together, you know, you don't, you don't play with these guys ever. I mean, a lot of these guys are from Massachusetts, so they know each other, but it's different to play with each other, know how people are going to hit in certain circumstances or how deep people get in the counts. You know, we, we, we're learning each other as a team. um, And I think we're all pretty familiar with each other now. We kind of have a set lineup. We know who's hitting one, we know who's hitting four. um, And I think that helps a little bit um, going into the game, you know, where you're going to be. Um and also I think the there's a lot of younger guys, uh obviously I'm a little older, and uh the younger guys are like little spark plugs, you know. Like uh Pat Roach hit his first home run last week. Um and Geloff is a very, very great player. Um and we just have a lot of young guys who are spark plugs and they always make something happen. So I think that's helped us a lot on the offensive side.
1: Yeah, and we had Your head coach, Andy Terrio on episode 10 of Back to the Futures. What has it been like to play under him?
2: I love Andy as a coach. Um, I don't want to say he's the perfect summer ball coach because I I would love to have him coach me out of summer ball as well. But he just kind of stresses the important things, um, like – which the little things are important, um, obviously, but he, he doesn't really pressure us to play any certain way. He, he wants us to play that we the game that we want to play, or we've got kids working on stuff that their coaches want them to work on, and he's okay with that. Um, so it's not like we come to the field and we're forced to do something, like we're forced to take a certain drill. Um, he kind of lets us do our own thing, and I think that helps a lot of people develop in summer ball, just working on the things that they need to, and he does that.
1: Yeah, and then a unique part of Andy's coaching staff this season is Matt Gedman, who you touched on earlier, the mm-hmm. former manager of the Pittsfield Suns. Unfortunately, the Suns couldn't play this year, obviously. What's it like to have another managerial mind on the coaching staff right beside Andy?
2: Um, it's awesome because uh, they can both manage the game, and they both have just have so much knowledge um, in different parts of the game, Andy with pitching and Getty with hitting. Um, Getty was I, – I forget how long he played pro ball, but, I mean, he was a professional hitter. Um, And I know he has family ties uh, in professional baseball as well. So it's just great to have knowledge like that, especially of somebody who's played at the higher level that you want to go to. Because, I mean, learning from them is a lot better. I wouldn't say better, but it's just they've they've done it. They've succeeded at that level, and that's what we're all here trying to do is go to that next level and succeed at that next level. So it's awesome to learn tips or – certain drills from him. I mean, I'm, I'm in the cage with him as much as I can. Um, it's, it's really awesome to have him around.
0: So speaking of being well-rounded, in addition to swinging good bat and being pretty nice defensively, you also have pitched twice this season. Uh, last yep. Saturday, you got an inning of work against new Britain and you had two strikeouts, yep. uh, retired the side. Was that your first experience pitching in the futures league? And is that something that you work on regularly?
2: So that actually wasn't my first experience pitching in the Futures League last year. I threw, it might have been two, two innings, maybe three innings for the, uh, the Bristol Blues. Uh, I, th- I threw for them a couple times and actually after I threw from them, I ended up throwing at the All-Star game as well in front of uh, a couple scouts. So ever since then, I've kind of started getting back into pitching um, because I was a pitcher coming out of high school and then I ended up tearing my UCL and that kind of set back my pitching career obviously, and I wanted to get back to the game as soon as I could. So I started playing third base right away, um, and I kind of just put off pitching. Uh, I was kind of okay with just playing third base. But recently I've started throwing again as much as I can. Uh, I'd like to get a lot more innings if I could this year, and
0: uh, I'm looking to pitch next
2: year at whatever school I go to.
0: So what is that recovery process like? Are there any limitations in terms of swinging a bat, playing third base, with that UCL injury or do you kind of shut down your baseball activities on every front? And how's that transition been getting back into pitching after an injury like that?
2: For pitching, it's a lot, it's a lot more strenuous, not strenuous, but it's a lot more time to get back, obviously. Um, so I went with playing third base, obviously, and I wanted uh, I got back to hitting and I believe three months I was allowed to hit off of a tee only and it was like five swings a day and it like gradually gradually got higher um I could take like front hand but I couldn't I just couldn't use that arm so I, I was doing a lot of one-handed stuff and then for throwing it it was also three months and I think I started from 40 feet it's like something very short light tosses five throws and by the time five months came around I was game ready for the third base but obviously throwing off of the mound is a lot is a lot different strain on your arm so I didn't really do that for probably two and a half years, I'd say, after surgery, where I didn't even step on a mound just because I was very unsure of what would happen.
1: Did you have to make any adjustments to pitches you threw after surgery?
2: I wouldn't say I had to make any adjustments to pitches that I threw, mostly because I don't really throw a lot of curveballs or sliders. My only off-speed, for the most part, is uh, my changeup. I'm working on other pitches, obviously but my changeup has been my best pitch. Uh, all three of my strikeouts that I have from this year are all on that changeup and I feel really comfortable throwing it. I believe that's the only reason that I will be successful at this time um, just because I know that changeup is probably the deadliest pitch in baseball. And uh, I know the, the guys with the best changeups are the best pitchers in the league. And uh, I, I think my changeup, I can throw it in any count three, one or three, I'll throw it whenever. And I, I have confidence that it's going to go over the plate. So Um, I think that has just helped me so much, and I think that's going to give me a shot to keep doing this and doing it well.
1: Before we get back to our interview with Buddy Dwayne, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website www.changeup.io That's www.change-up.io Changeup. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Buddy Dwayne. So last summer you played for Bristol, but eventually you signed with Brockton. Were you in touch with Bristol at all about their move to the NECBL and possibly playing for them, and what ultimately led you to Brockton?
2: I tried to get in touch with Bristol, but it was very late. It was after we found out about the whole season's getting canceled and such. Um, So originally, I wasn't even obviously planning on playing in the summer league. I was hoping to maybe enter the draft or play professional baseball. Uh, But obviously, with COVID cutting the draft down to five rounds, uh, that really hurt a lot of people's chances all over the country. So I got in touch with them very late. Because, like I said, I wasn't expecting to even have to play summer ball. I was going to graduate. I did graduate, but I would have been done with college baseball. So when I got in touch with Brockton, actually. Um, my former head coach from Montville High School, uh, Phil Orby, he has ties with the Brockton GM, Tom Tracy, who is also from Montville, Connecticut, which I was unaware of. Um, and they were seeking out uh, another third, third baseman, possibly first baseman. And, I mean, they were open to having me throw because, I mean, every summer ball team always needs another arm. So that's just a plus for both of us.
0: So you're not especially close to Brockton either. You're a Connecticut guy. So what has that commute been like in that schedule? And also, do you feel like you play well at Campanelli Stadium after having some experience there last year?
2: The commute, it's two hours there, um, which it can – it can be a little too much sometimes, but it was just for the first couple of weeks. They actually found me um, a host, Jack Fox, one of the other players. He had hurt his hams or his calf muscle, so he just showed up, I believe, yesterday. Um, so I'll be able to move in with him um, and stay a uh, lot closer up in Brighton, Mass. But the two hours has been a little brutal to start, but I'm happy that I'll have somewhere closer to stay. And uh, I actually only played in Brockton once last year, so. I was a little unfamiliar with the field, but I love the field. I mean, it's awesome. It's it's professional field. It, it doesn't get much better as playing field wise. So I love it, and uh, I don't think I have any uh, any special powers there or anything. <laughs> but uh, I I like it when the wind's blowing out at nights. Yeah, Tom
1: Tracy told me at the first Brockton practice that Brockton is the second windiest city in America. So nice little nice little fun fact for you,
2: I didn't great listeners
1: that. out there. <laughs> So speaking of Brockton and your guys' roster, you've played with plenty of talent on that roster. What's it been like to play alongside guys like Joe Bramante and Jake Geloff, among others?
2: Um, It's awesome. I mean, summer ball is always a fun time. Uh, You meet people who obviously are doing the same thing as you. Uh, They just want to play baseball, and they want to play it at a higher level. But it's been awesome to play with those guys. I mean, Joe's got a a really great swing. Um, He absolutely crushes the ball to right center. he can pull the ball, but he really doesn't have to because a lot of guys aren't going to come into him. And Geloff, he's, he's, he's going to be a stud. I mean, he's young. He already is a stud, but uh, he's got a lot of tools. Um, and, I mean, a bunch of guys on the team can do a lot of different things uh, very well, and it's it's good to see all of them.
0: Do you try to provide any kind of advice throughout the season to guys like Geloff and Pat Roche who are going into their freshman year as you've done the Futures League circuit before and you've played college ball for a number of years? I try to, yeah. Uh,
2: Nothing too crazy because, I mean, a lot of these guys, they're they're here for a reason just like I am. So, like, I wouldn't ever try to change somebody's swing or change somebody from doing something that they've been doing their whole life. But, yeah, the little things, uh, maybe, like, just – field placement, or just talking more in the infield, or different relay signs, just little things that could help help these kids, um, which I know they'll be successful, and they'll learn from a lot a lot of other people bigger than me, so I'm not worried about helping them too much.
1: And from your lineup to your rotation, what's it like to have a guy like Nick Sinicola, who we had on episode three of this podcast, at the top of your rotation, just dominating?
2: That's, that's awesome. I mean, as a baseball player, you love to see a pitching performance like he brings almost every time he's on the field, um, and I know he's very successful at the University of Maine. I'm pretty sure I've seen him get the Player of the Week a bunch, probably in his conference. Um, but I'd never really met him or anything, or even got to see him pitch in person. Um, and it's pretty special. I mean, he's got he's got this swagger where he, you want to know if he's down 15 runs or if he's up 15 runs. He he's kind of always in control of his own his own mind and his game and I think that's why he's a special pitcher, and he's got a little funk to him, Um, and I think he'll definitely be successful at the next level.
1: And let's flash back to last season. You mentioned you played with Bristol. What was it like to play with them? You were named Defensive Player of the Year. You were named First Team All-FCBL. You were an All-Star. You hit 285, four doubles, 25 runs, 21 RBIs. How did you feel you played last summer?
2: I think I played very well last summer. Um, I mean, I could have played better off, obviously, offensively, but I love to showcase my defensive abilities. I think that showing them off definitely helped me um, a little bit getting my name out there. Just because offense does speak a little more loud than defense does now these days. So it was it was nice to get that award. But, I mean, I'm always trying to get my swing better. Um, and I'm trying to be more offensively sound. But playing with Bristol last year was awesome. The environment was kind of just like being at home. I love the coaches, every single one of them. Um, I could talk to them about anything, whether it was off the field, on the field, and even the the owner. But it was just it was just a great environment. like It was like home. And I got to play with guys from Central, and I got to meet people like Brandon Miller, who's at St. John's, um, Tommy Hughes, who plays on the new Brandon Bees this year. Just a lot of people who I'll stick with and talk to probably for the rest of my life, like a lot of the guys on my team now with
0: Procton. So you took home that award, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. How do you feel just playing the hot corner and playing it as well as you do? What would you say is your best defensive play if you had to narrow it down to just one?
2: I think the hot corner, it's not easy, but it's just, it's almost mindless because it's just like you've got no time to think. It's just go. And I think part of the reason that I'm so good at that is just because it's, that's why it's just go. And it's easy for me uh, just because I've been doing it my whole life. Um, I think that part of the reason I got it last year, um, honestly, is because of our pitching. I got so many ground balls last year. I think I was highest like up there for like putouts. We got a lot of ground balls at third base, which aren't common. Um, so that helped me get the award just from being able to make so many plays. The craziest play I've ever made. I made a pretty pretty nice play this year. It was Worcester at home, barehanded play. It was right to get off. He kind of took a couple steps back. It was it was a high chopper, and I uh, came across and barehanded it quick. But I'm not really sure. I, I've made a bunch of crazy plays.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's not discredit that play. That's quite impressive, Any yeah. any way you put it right there. And last season, you went deep in the playoffs with the Blues, making it all the way to the championship. What was that like?
2: It was a fun experience. Obviously, you know, some people say oh, they don't really want to be there for the playoffs. I know a lot of everybody's heard that story if you're working with summer ball. But I mean, once you make it there, it's like you don't want to put in all those hours and not win at this point. It's just like you wasted a whole summer at that point. So it was it was fun. Um, it stunk that we lost in the championship because, you know, like I said, you put in all those hours with all those guys. And it'd be nice to just have something to remember that summer by. Uh, for the rest of your life. But, I mean, either way, I'll remember the time that we had there. And, uh, I mean, I I would love to go try it another championship this year. I mean, that's what I'm here for. I want to play baseball and I want to win. So, I'm excited.
1: Awesome. And, yeah, speaking of winning, take us through that semifinals matchup last year with North Shore. You guys went down one nothing early and then won the final two games to advance. You went three for five. You had three RBIs in game two and added an RBI in game three. What was the mentality of the team after game one, and how did you guys rebound?
2: After game one, we were kind of down a little bit. I mean, three-game series are so quick. You can be out so quickly as opposed to a seven-game series. But we just came to the park the next day, and we were just trying to have fun, you know, because it would have been our last day together. So, you know, you're just trying to have fun with the guys around you, and we had we had a lot of fun, and we put up a bunch of runs against them. And my performance, I just – Win or go home situation. I, I I feel like I play better in those situations always. I don't know why. I just I think that I'm just a little more focused, which I should always bring the focus, obviously. But when you're going home or or winning, you you always got to try your hardest. And I mean, it's not trying my hardest, but I just I just feel a little more locked in when when I'm in those situations. Like it's me versus this guy, and I'm gonna win every single time.
1: Yeah, that was certainly a fun series to follow and. Obviously, you guys came out on top, so that was great. This year, we don't have an All-Star game, unfortunately, but we do have a Scout Day, which is another important part of the All-Star game. What will that be like, and how will you value the Scout Day this year?
2: I will value every Scout Day with, like, everything. Like, it's, like it's my last chance to show anything, um, because especially I just turned 23 this past year, week um, and I'm gonna be older so that Scout Day if I if I can get anybody to notice me and, and want to take a chance on me then I need to do that. Um, so I'm gonna bring everything I can to the Scout Day offensively, defensively and obviously on the mound too because all it takes is one one opportunity. And so the Scout Day will be highly valued.
0: Well uh, you said it's your birthday this week so happy birthday. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Hey oh, welcome uh so transitioning into your play at CCSU Central Connecticut State University for those who might not know where did you feel like the team was at when your spring season was cut short we're struggling a little bit
2: but I think that I've played on a lot of teams and I think this one was going to be like the most most special team Uh, just a lot a lot of raw talent from young guys who were given the older guys to run for their money in all their spots like these guys you could plug them in wherever you wanted um and the pitching we had again young guys who they just lights out like Anthony Mazzucato who was the pitcher of the week I, I believe one week um and then there's just guys like Brandon Fox who's older and he just knows how to pitch he can control a baseball game and he can keep you in a baseball game and then we had the bats. Like, there was, there was no argument about that. We had the bats from one to nine. Everybody could hit in that lineup. Uh, I would I have put this team at going and giving a team a real run for their money at a regional. Uh, so it stinks that next year the team won't be the same. There's going to be a couple different guys uh, leaving, obviously. But it would have been a real special team.
1: And let's talk about your junior season for a minute. In 2019, you started 54 games. You hit 286. You ranked second on the team with 58 hits. You had nine doubles and two home runs. How did you feel you played during your junior year?
2: I think I think I played well when it mattered. Um, I didn't obviously 286 is not an awful season, but uh, I went through one stretch where I think I was like two for 70, um, and that'll kill that'll kill a season's average very easy. So, but when it mattered, I mean, we played so well. Uh, We had to come back and win two games against Bryant in the championship. And Bryant's always a very good team. They're powerhouse. They can hit, they can pitch, they can do it all. So coming back from that was so special. I mean, nobody thought we could do that, and we did. And then going down to the regional, and we gave every team a run for their money, whether it was Arkansas, TCU, or California. And it stunk that we just beat California because we were right in those other games. And to win a regional, I mean, it would it would be real special. So I wish that could happen. But it, it was amazing playing against those teams um, and playing well and just showcasing what a team like Central Connecticut has that, you know, nobody even knows, not nobody, but a lot of people don't know who we are. Um, so it was nice to get that recognition and put
0: Central on the map for baseball at least. For you to make that claim that this 2020 team would exceed what you guys were able to accomplish last year is saying a lot. In that NEC championship game, you were down one game to nothing. You were also down in game three. So it was 2-1 going into the bottom of the seventh, and you guys came back for a 3-2 win. What was the attitude like in that dugout and just, you know, you stepping up your game when it mattered most?
2: The attitude after we, we lost to Bryant in the second game. Um, and then we came and beat Wagner we had a doubleheader that day and our attitude was just we're not going home and nobody on the team wanted to go home obviously and the energy was just different Um, nobody was really harping on when they were doing bad it was just like let's let's try to do good no no harping on the bad only good like we still got a shot we still got a shot and our defense propelled us uh, to get that victory and our offense just made a late break and we got a home run and we came back in that game and ended up winning. Um, it, it was amazing. Uh, the slash slash bunt we got to get the, the game winning run in, we never run slash bunt in practice ever. Uh, we've never practiced it. And I think Tosh had been struggling trying to get bunts down. I think he was like two for 20 on the year. But, I mean, it didn't matter because he, he made the play when it mattered most and we won that game uh, because of that coaching decision and because of Our execution,
0: and just because we had that, we're not going home attitude. And the prize that you guys got after that win was pretty sweet. You guys went down to Fayetteville. You had a tremendous postseason. You talked about it earlier. You were named to the Fayetteville Regional All Tournament team, as well as the NEC Championship All Tournament team. And over that stretch at the NECs, you were eight for 17 with a team high six RBIs. And then you had a double, a triple, and a home run down in Fayetteville, home of the Arkansas Razorbacks. So what did it mean to perform that well on that stage and even getting a win over 24th-ranked Cal at the time? It just means so much. I mean, we're the first team to do it at Central.
2: And I know Coach Hickey's been part of a lot of very good teams where they have uh, made it to several regionals, but they haven't been able to get a win. So having that win was so special. It's something that we'll never forget. Um, me and my teammates will will always remember. And just being able to play well down there, uh, it was awesome. I mean every kid wants to play under the lights on ESPN and against the best team in the country. That's what you want to do. You want to go play against the best team and you want to perform well against them because you're showing them you can play with them. If you went against them, you know, you you can stick with them. Uh, So it was awesome to play down there. It was great to get the recognition. I'm very thankful for that. And I feel very blessed uh, to be a name to those teams. Um, And uh, yeah
1: was that the most fans you ever played in front of that regional
2: oh yeah oh yeah 13,000 I think it was it was a crazy regional um, and the Arkansas fans they even came back to our game against Cal and they were cheering for us a bunch of them uh, we, they embraced us and we were hanging out in their hog pen out in left field it's a baseball country there that's where everybody wants to play baseball I believe if, if you want to play college baseball that's that's a pretty awesome place to do it you're treated like a superstar we're out downtown eating and people would come up for autographs just because we were playing against Arkansas. I'd I'd compare it to playing pro baseball, honestly, um, if it had any comparison.
0: So you guys were also the first game you had to play the hosts on the road in their home ballpark. What was it like just coming out of the gates and having to enter into that atmosphere right off the bat?
2: It was awesome. I mean, obviously my first at bat, my heart's pumping a little harder than usual. And I'm a little fidgety, but after that first pitch is thrown, you're like, all right, it's just baseball. Um, and that's what you have to take it as, it's just baseball. Uh, obviously, it's the same winner go home attitude, but it's, it's just baseball. And when, when you play like that, you probably play a little better because you're just having fun and you're not trying to stress and you just let your body do what your
0: body's supposed to do, uh, like you've been doing your whole life. And buddy baseball was not the only sport that you excelled at It's the one you're working at now but uh at Montville High School you were the athlete of the year there you also earned all conference honors in basketball for three years and played football and soccer. Talk about that diversity in your own athletic experience and what it was like playing there and excelling as well as you did it was fun i
2: I'm a competitor I just like to I like to compete i I like to try to beat somebody at something um it's it's a fun experience I mean you get your adrenaline going and competition just brings out different sides of people um, so I love doing it whether it was basketball baseball soccer or football I mean basketball was probably one of my first loves uh, so I, I had to stick with that through high school we weren't the best basketball team in the state in Motville. Um, but uh, I just I love playing basketball um, it's just something I, I'll go shoot hoops by myself if I have to it's just something fun to do. Um, and then football, it's – I just wanted to try it. Um, I, I never really played when I was younger, youth-wise. But something about being under the Friday night lights of a uh, high school football game with everybody in the town there watching you, uh, just very special experience, um, especially when I was pretty on, on a pretty good football team uh, where we made it to the semifinals and uh, quarterfinals uh, in football. So that was it – was, it was a fun experience um and soccer was something I just always wanted to try um it's just so hard to do like you can't just pick up can't pick up a soccer ball and kick it around um and do it as well as a soccer player could do it it's just it's very difficult to do um so I was sitting in class one day and our soccer coach came in to my class and he asked me if I wanted to play soccer and I was I was like, yeah, sign me up. Uh, I had already decided I wasn't gonna play football. Um, I was a little cautious because I had some lingering injuries playing football and I was going to play college baseball that year. And I just wasn't looking for another injury that could set me back um, and hurt me for baseball. So I decided to play soccer and the soccer program at my school is very, very, very well run. Um, and a lot of kids like to play soccer in my town. So I was fortunate enough to make it to, I believe, the quarterfinals or something like that. And I got to lead the state in least goals given up because I had a really good defense. So it was it was a fun year playing soccer. That was, I'll never forget playing soccer. That was something I wish I played my whole life. And I, I kind of still wish I could play all those sports um, just because it, it makes you a different type of athlete to be able to do all those things. You're working different muscles um, in different sports. And just to be able to do all of them, I believe, would help you. But it does pay a price. Um, I do, in hindsight, sometimes wish i devoted a lot more time to only baseball. Um, but obviously, as a kid you got to experience things and you got to learn. I, I believe that playing all those sports uh, helped me become the athlete I am today. Um, and I'll never regret playing all those sports. Um, even if it might've set me back, I still learned a lot of things. I met a lot of people um, and I was happy
0: to do that. So from the stat that you just mentioned, least goals allowed, it seems like you were a goalie.
2: Yeah. I uh, I played goalie, um, which Pretty similar to third base, honestly, just stop the ball from getting by you. It's a little easier because you can just punch it
0: out of the way instead of having to catch it. But Sure. Uh, as a former soccer goalie myself, how did you feel like that adjustment was having to navigate that footwork, especially if you have a ball kind of right next to you on the ground or in the upper corner? It requires a little bit more range than playing third base, I would imagine.
2: Oh, definitely uh, a little more range um a lot of it is just like placement obviously you'd know as a goalie uh where you've got to be um when the ball's in a certain spot and there's a lot of knowledge um at at the school like i said soccer wise and i had a couple of good goalie coaches who worked with me day in and day out all i would do is goalie drills while the rest of the team's running i'm just doing goalie drills so uh it, it, was, it was very tough in the beginning, uh, especially just learning the angles. Um, but once I got the angles down, it was just all about being an athlete and, again, competing. Don't let them score a goal. Don't let it get by me.
1: Yeah, hey, defense just runs in your blood, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I'm just a defensive specialist. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> there you go. And before we move on to our final segment, do you have a message for Rocks fans as we enter week four of the season?
2: I'm sorry that you guys can't come out and watch the games. Um, it stinks that the beer garden got shut down. Uh, hopefully we can open up by the end of the season and get you guys back in there. But thank you for everybody that's supporting from home um, and on the FCBL stream. It means a lot if you guys are purchasing that
0: and watching us and let's finish off strong rocks. I love it. It's been a great partnership with blue frame. And as a reminder, once again, you can stream any of those games, FCBL We got purchase instructions there. Uh, So, buddy, this has been awesome so far. We got one final segment for you. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, as I mentioned, we have a few more questions for our audience to help to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? All right, sounds good. All right, awesome. Favorite teammate you've ever played with in the Futures League? Favorite
2: teammate in the Futures League. that's, That's a tough
0: decision right there um we've had a couple guys name multiple ones if you don't want to be put on the spot that much or if you don't want to leave anyone out a couple is fine as well
2: well all my Bristol Blues boys uh my boy Griff Schneider uh he's from uh Wagner and Brandon Miller I love that kid I'll just leave it at those two because I'll go all day uh but all my everybody knows who they are who I love them so don't don't be disappointed
0: (laughs) absolutely this, this back-to-the-futures question is not the be-all, end-all. If they're, if they're your boys, they already know it. Favorite opposing ballpark in the league that you've played at? Favorite opposing ballpark? Um, Nashua.
2: I love it there. It's, it's a cool little stadium. It's got a short porch. I haven't hit one out there yet, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> Plenty of chances left this year. Now, what's your walk-up music, whether it be at CCSU, anything you had last year, something this summer? My walk-up song is uh, Sunday Best. By the sacrifices or something uh, i found it on tiktok pretty good at it. <laughs> all right our first tiktok walk-up song on the podcast <laughs> series whatever works whatever gets it done favorite big league team red Sox, boston when we're recording it's opening night tonight get hype baseball's back at fenway i might be streaming at the press box in new britain stadium We'll catching a little little rocks bees on the side favorite uh, professional player
2: i would have to go with uh Cody Bellinger. I just love the way he plays. Um, he's a stud. His swing's amazing. Now, what brand of bat and glove do you use? Um, currently, I'm using a tater bat uh, fielding glove. I use Wilson. Tater bat, Wilson glove. And But shout out to Brown Bats, my, uh, my uh, former teammate from Central, Brown Bats. I have a couple of his bats. I'm, I might have broken them, so I don't have them anymore. But shout out to Brown Bat. What brand of cleats do you wear? I actually have Nike cleats, Adidas cleats, and I think I have a pair of New Balances. But Nike, Nike are my favorite.
1: Nice. And how about a baseball nickname?
2: It's it's tough to have a nickname when your name's Buddy. <laughs> um, Buddy Biceps. <laughs> what do you Any curl? Role? What do I I can I can curl like seventy, or like two or three, maybe blow my blow my my bicep out. <laughs>
0: It's more than me. <laughs> Not saying much, but saying something.
1: <laughs> any relation to Benny Biceps? Just Yeah. <laughs> and then how about any superstitions?
2: I don't really have too many superstitions. Um, but I, before every at-bat or every pitching performance, I, uh, I just say a couple words to my friend who passed away this past year.
1: And numbers, you were number five at CCSU, you were number 15 in 2019 at CCSU, and you were number 13 for Brockton.
2: Any reason for those numbers? Um, So coming into college, I wanted to be number nine. Um, that's always been my number, um, but Coach Charlie Hickey has number nine. So close second was number seven, and I got the jersey and I tried to put it on and it barely went past my waist. It was, <laughs> it was a medium. So I had to switch to fifteen. And I kind of, I wasn't mad at the number, but uh, then this past year, uh, my, like I said, my friend had passed away um, and he wore 13 at our school. So I kind of wanted to, I mean, as a whole, we kind of decided let's, let's put that number away. Um, We'll have nobody wear it. So I gave my, I was going to give my number to the kid who was wearing number 13 just because he, he said he wanted that number if he couldn't have his number so I, I was fine with that and I was fine with taking number five I just wanted to kind of you know put that put that jersey away for a while uh, hopefully retire it one day um, and then 13 was uh, I walked into the Brockton Rocks uh, the first day and everybody had already picked their numbers and they're like go ahead choose your jersey and of course 13 was sitting there and it was the first one I saw, and I took it because it, it meant a lot that it was still there, so I was happy for that.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome way that you can honor, honor him while you're playing for the Rocks. That's awesome. Yeah. And then how about bubblegum or sunflower seeds?
2: Um, sunflower seeds.
1: Any brand or flavor in particular?
2: Um, Biggs just has so many good ones. Um, I, like, I like cracked pepper, though.
1: And then lastly, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory?
2: I've got two, uh, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. coming, back, coming back last year, 2019, that whole playoff series where we came back down a game um, and then be in California. And uh, in, the, in high school, it was my senior year. We were down six runs, I think, in the last inning. and It was just a game I'll remember because, I mean, it was the last time I was playing with my, my high school friends. Um, and we came back from like six runs in the last inning and ended up winning and making it to the state championship. Um, we didn't end up winning the state championship, but I mean the comeback was amazing. And we had lost that team twice before in the playoffs in high school, and it, it was just a good experience. That's one one baseball memory I'll always
0: remember. Well, buddy, thank you so much for joining us today and taking some time out of your game day to hop on the podcast. Uh, best of luck with everything, and we're excited to see you on the diamond soon. Um,
2: thank you guys for having me on. It was awesome. Um, I'm excited to get back out on the field today and. Uh, Again, thank you for having me on. Um, It was a
0: pleasure, and I'll see you guys soon. So this has been episode 18 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. See everyone soon.